0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. This is actually the throwback, old school Saturday edition. And today we are reaching into the vault to bring you Icky's and my review of Perry. Perry. Once again, I still don't know how to pronounce the, the movie name. Um, hope you enjoy it. We will be back with a brand new episode next week. So tune in then. Thanks. Hi-ho, hi-ho,
1: it's all to work we go. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee. Green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. Oh.
0: Welcome, 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 friends, Romans, countrymen, brothers, sisters, pets, cats, dogs, anyone else who may be listening to this. This is your, I just totally forgot the name of the show, (laughs) Be Kind (laughs) Rewind. This is your Disney movie podcast. I am Dan Teets, and back in the studio with us is Ichabod Bones.
1: All are welcome here. We do not discriminate. Squirrels are welcome too.
0: I'm glad, even though Dooley hates him and wants to...
1: I'm sure if he got a taste of one, he would actually like them.
0: <laughs> but that's a whole nother podcast. We aren't going to go there. <laughs> and also possibly joining us with his comment is the little man who... The newest refuses, and
1: youngest member of the podcast family.
0: Yes, who refuses to take a nap as we are recording this. You may hear him in the background make a squeak or a squawk or possibly a scream. Making as his as,
1: presence known.
0: Yes, this is true. And speaking of making their presence known, since we have already discussed that squirrels are welcome on this podcast, we will be discussing, speaking of squirrels, the 1957 Disney quote unquote real life, but not so fast real life adventure known as Peary, 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 Peary. Yes, who is a pine squirrel. He actually made money for Disney. Probably not that much, considering they had to film for a year non-stop to be able to get an hour and 15 minutes worth of usable footage. Yeah. But he made a million and three quarters.
1: Whoa, whoa, I have to go partial SJW warrior here. Perry is a she. I am sorry, sir.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: Perry is a she. And...
0: $1.75 million, which was $16.3 million. So, I mean, it's doing better than any movie that's actually out there in the theaters today.
1: Good, doing better than Tom and Jerry.
0: Hey, don't bust on Tom and Jerry now.
1: Which I haven't seen yet. I need to. I intend to watch it. I was going to watch it last night.
0: On the HBO Max, or were you actually going to go to the...
1: No, no, I have HBO Max. <laughs> I'll just watch it at home. <laughs> the will... theaters are open here. They're thriving. They've been open.
0: So you will not go to a pandemic-stricken movie theater, to watch a movie? Is that what I am to understand?
1: I mean, I've never been much of a movie theater person, ever. They're just dirty and dark, and they're just perfect for growing gunk on the bottom of the seat that hasn't been mopped in six weeks. I, I No thanks. I just just watching at home. But wait,
0: they're supposed to be sanitized for your protection. Yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs>
1: By a 16-year-old kid with a runny nose. And a mop that hasn't been cleaned out in four hours. Oh, oh goodness. Thanks.
0: But this is not what's wrong with the movie theater podcast. <laughs> um, since this was a 1957 release, I take it you have never seen it prior to... Yep. Did you know about it prior to being advised of
1: it? Nope, did not. That's a negatory.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'm right there with you. This one was another that I didn't even know existed until I started look list of Disney movies. And I mean it was it was an enjoyable little romp with a little bit of action, a little bit of romance.
1: I'm guessing a lot of movies that Disney has made over the years most people had never heard of until the advent of Disney Plus, which helps. It's genius to get out movies that people have never seen or even heard of, like us. This movie in particular there are two two things that I noticed in the beginning of the movie that I've never noticed in any other movie that we've covered, specifically even the true life or real life, whatever they are, movies.
0: And what and is that? that? The
1: mo- well, the movie opened with a scriptural quote, a Bible quote, right? In Ecclesiastes 3, so everything there is a season, right? Was that not this movie?
0: Yeah, that was, because actually I put that down in the, in the
1: recap. And then in the opening credits, Roy E. Disney was mentioned in the credits. Walt's brother hmm. was mentioned as a photographer. And I never noticed that in any of the other true-life adventure movies that we have watched. So I thought that was interesting that Roy, I think it was Edward or Edmund, Roy E. Disney, was credited in the opening credits. Well, maybe that's because
0: Peary was actually in his backyard. So he looked at it and saw it. <laughs>
1: That's probably what it was, yeah.
0: It's things that you don't think about until you actually think about it. Yeah. So,
1: so the movie begins with
0: the quote from the Bible that Icky referenced a couple of minutes ago. It says, to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. All this is set on the backdrop of a sunrise. And then we actually get several nature scenes shown. Until it zooms in on a lake that houses a quote-unquote secret garden. Which has been named Wildwood Heart. And we get to see various newborn animals with their parents. And finally we're introduced to the namesake of the film. Peary. Perry. I I still can't figure out how to pronounce Um, Pine Squirrel's name. But um, her mother nurses all the... Squirrels, and then she runs off to replenish herself, and she's eaten from a toadstool, and a Martin comes along and chases the mom around through the forest, who trees the mama in her nest before the dad lures him away, and he ultimately sacrifices his life for the mom and her offspring and so the mother transports all the young from the tree hole to where the father had stayed which is a now open burrow and of course because this is Disney and they have to have um, more action Perry's the last one to be moved and she burrows under the pine bark so that she actually escapes the returning Martin and the Martin gets scared off when a raccoon threatens her children And, of course, the raccoon soon loses interest and scurries off, only to find the business end of a porcupine. So, time passes, and Perry begins to grow up, and we see a fox catch a rabbit, and the fox ends up losing the rabbit because a wildcat attacks the fox. And we show a beaver chopping down an aspen tree to put on his dam, and a sapsucker wakes up a flying squirrel, who gets the business end of a goshawk. And the day ends and the various animals go to sleep and the last animal that's actually shown is an owl. And then the next scene that's shown is Perry and her siblings learning to walk on a branch. And soon the scene shifts to baby raccoons as they're trying to duplicate the squirrel's feet until one of the raccoons can't do it and he or she falls And almost becomes dinner for a waiting prey before mama raccoon swoops in and saves the day. Meanwhile, the beavers are learning how to chop down trees by watching daddy do it. And wildcats are taught how to pounce by their mom. And they practice on a frog and then a mouse. And then that same mouse gets caught by a fox kit who gets released because a kit doesn't have the heart in him at this point in time to actually make the kill and this is where we actually see the first scene of hilarity because we have the little um raccoon babies following mom along and they come to an intersection where there's a family of skunks and the skunk babies end up getting mixed up with the raccoon babies and the raccoon babies are mixed up with the fox babies i mean the raccoon or the skunk babies and it takes several minutes for everybody to get um, sorted out, and finally the raccoons make it to a stream and try unsuccessfully to catch a crayfish. And then the scene shifts to summer, where we get to see the cottonwood snowfall, which we saw last week in Secrets of Life, before we shift back to the foxes for a moment, before a Martin family's zoomed in on and they're shown practicing their attacking and the the perry's family are practicing their jumping from limb to limb before a magpie swoops in and steals a cone and perry gets distracted because there is a hummingbird but she quickly gets shooed off and instead she tries to make nice with a flying squirrel who flies off instead of playing with her and perry ends up trying to fly and somehow doesn't kill herself but she ends up on the ground and after a brief encounter with a ground squirrel which this is something that i didn't know i didn't know there were actually several different kinds of squirrels i thought a squirrel was a squirrel was a squirrel unless it was a fox squirrel or a gray squirrel that shows you the um my knowledge of squirrels but um Perry runs into a ground squirrel while she's down there on the ground, and she glimpses Bambi, and she goes down to examine closer, but there is a ruckus, and the and the birds are giving trouble sirens, and Perry returns to a tree to find the nest destroyed, and the Martins about to chase her. And this is where we see Perry make her first daring escape because she crosses the stream, but she has to climb a tree to get away from a wildcat. And the wildcat actually catches a glimpse of Poro, who will come in very much later, and the cat retreats. And after the cat's gone, the Poro returns to building his nest as Perry scampers off to find her own nest. And so, of course, all this time Perry's being, being chased by the Martin and, make, and the Martin tries to cross the Beaver Dam and, of course, the Beaver Dam can't hold its weight and it, it um, sweeps the Martin on downstream. Summer turns to fall and we see Poro out picking up pine cones as Perry is as well and Perry soon leaves her area. And has to find... She climbs a tree because she gets lost in the forest. And she ends up getting knocked out of a tree by a hawk. And once again, I don't know how she doesn't die. But Perry finds herself in a a grove of crooked aspen. And so Perry finds herself getting treed by a weasel and barely escapes the hawk who has knocked her out of the tree. And once again the hawk knocks her out of the tree before Perry again gets attacked by the weasel. And the weasel ends up meeting its end by the hawk. So Perry once again is saved from all this. And it's just one thing after another with Perry because she can't seem to catch a break. So we cut back to Poro, and he's end up getting knocked out of a tree by a strong wind. Which kind of makes me wonder what kind of a squirrel he was if he can't even stay up in a in a tree by himself without being knocked out by a strong wind and after he takes shelter in a midden log he finds himself back in the tree and he almost gets attacked by an owl and so he scurries into another tree and that one gets knocked down by a beaver and so poro ends up having to spend the winter underground And the winter descends into snow and ice, and we get the scenes of snow falling first on the trees, and then from the trees to the ground. And when the sun comes out, Perry watches as the Martin once again tries to cross the creek. You'd think the thing would learn by this time, but once again, she gets swept down by, downstream by, a, um, by the stream. And this is where the movie actually goes a little bit um, Fantasia-like because it's all trippy and weird. And because Perry goes to sleep and suddenly we got flying squirrels landing on the ground before a white owl conjures up several white rabbits who take off in a hurry as a weasel chases them and they all disappear, leaving the owl and the weasel. And the weasel disappears just as the owl's about to capture So I'm just trying to figure out what all that was put in for unless they were trying to pad for time. And they figure, well, let's go ahead and make a weird dream sequence because that's what squirrels dream about, I guess. I don't know. But after the dream sequence, winter gives way to to spring. And pairs of all sorts of animals are shown together before Perry and Poro all emerge from their nest and they come together on the midden log. And, of course, what kind of a Disney real-life, not-real-life movie would this be before there's a, um, without a mating dance? But before they can actually get too deep into their mating dance, there's a thunderstorm that catches the entire forest on fire. And Perry retreats into a tree while Poro goes back into his midden log. And the animals all scurry by the log, and finally Poro retreats back to his underground lair. And Perry gets trapped in a tree but escapes the fire by jumping into the water and swimming to a log. And she climbs up onto a wildcat's back and somehow does not get eaten. And um, rain descends and, of course, everyone is saved. And Poro sets out to find Perry because he's got some unfinished business to do because of their mating dance. And Perry also sets out to find Poro. And Perry reaches the mid and long just as a Martin starts to watch her. I don't know if it's the same Martin that's been swept downstream numerous times because that's never really um, explained. But Poro jumps down and leads the Martin away from Perry, who is completely oblivious to all this. And we get, we get treated to a chase scene, which ends up with the Martin and the squirrel falling into the waiting mouth of a wildcat. And because this is a Disney movie, Poro does not get eaten, but instead the Martin becomes the Wildcats' dinner, and Poro makes it back to Perry, and Perry and Poro live happily ever after as the movie comes to its end. So, having seen the movie, what was your first, um, I guess, your first um, inkling of it? Is
1: the best way. Just like every other one we've seen, a disney Phi documentary carried a little bit of an actual storyline with the you know, with the personification of the squirrels, but it wasn't just about them. It also showed you know, different families, skunks and the cats and the foxes, and it showed all different families. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just another rehashing of what we've already seen before in you know, the wilderness ones that we've already watched.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but this was the... First one that actually had squirrels living happily ever after, because I don't think you had that in Bambi, even though it was a cartoon. I mean, I know Bambi and Fauna lived happily ever after until Bambi Two, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah,
1: that was interesting that Bambi made a cameo appearance in this movie. Yeah, right? and it was actually mentioned by name. Look, yeah, he, it, there's Bambi.
0: Yeah, that was that was a um. That was interesting in that he was the only Disney character that you would, that you thought actually got a mention. Because you had, well, I mean, you had the owl, which Winnie the Pooh hasn't been created yet, so you wouldn't know that that's the wise old barn owl. Right. And, I mean, of course you had flower, but flower wasn't ever mentioned. And yeah. wasn't, wasn't there also rabbits in this?
1: Yeah, there were. An extreme, extreme close-up of a rabbit's face chewing on some grass or something like that. Mm-hmm. At one point. So it's it's kind of, it's kind of
0: weird that Bambi's the only one that gets a, a actual named reference. When you had Thumper and you had Flower and you had well it wasn't it wasn't there an owl also in Bambi? Uh,
1: probably, I'm not sure.
0: We're te- we're testing our Disney trivia here on Be Kind Rewind. <laughs> yeah. But the actual the story it wasn't it wasn't your typical real life adventure where it only. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. My little squirrel was squawking and trying to get comfortable down here.
1: Trying to make the little man happy.
0: Yeah. Which we have. We've given him a little bit more to eat. So he's good work for me. He's good for maybe another three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the fact that this movie was actually filmed over I think it was a full year. Because it started with spring and it ended with spring, and the only thing that could have taken it further was was showing Piri and Poro's Poro—I don't even know how to pronounce it—the other pine squirrel having babies, and then the next Piri, the next generation would start. Yeah. <laughs>
1: da 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 da. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it it had it did actually have the forest fire that you caught on just about every real-life adventure. Yeah. Which made you wonder if this was filmed in Southern California during the wildfire season.
1: Probably. That's where most of Disney headquarters were at yeah. the time, and even still now are.
0: But, I mean, the the story moved along rather rather well. It wasn't one where you would, where it just sat, like all of the other real-life adventures, and actually mentioned this, in the last one, it wasn't one where it was like, and now we sit and watch as the lion stalks his prey. Yeah, it, it was it was moved along because they actually had a quote unquote main character that it was trying to follow, and it kind of made you feel for the female pine squirrel because I cannot pronounce her name. So
1: <laughs>
0: because I mean when. When she fell at the very beginning of the movie, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yep. End credits. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, no, that's Back to the Future. <laughs> How many Marty. movie themes can we get into this show? <laughs> Great Scott, Marty, is there something wrong with Earth's gravitational pull in 1957? I mean, the, the fact that, I mean, you had that constant threat of the squirrel meeting its doom because there were predators out there and I know that I was on the edge of my seat even though I knew that the movie couldn't continue without her yeah because I mean what were they going to do oh well since she's dead we're going to pick it up with her little baby sister but Rosilda or whatever
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah right. and and we shall take over her story now you knew she was going to make it
0: yeah but it, but it it was still
1: 45 minutes left of the film
0: but it wasn't so I mean the the predetermined ending was there, but it wasn't. It was kind of like, how are you actually going to get to that end?
1: But you never knew which secondary character was going to fall because there were several others along the way, like the one, the one father where the mother was in peril and then she moved all the babies to a different place and the father came in to distract and then the father got taken down.
0: But, I mean, that's a Disney trope for you. You can't have yeah. a Disney movie without at least one parent dying somewhere during the movie.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I don't even think that Disney meant to do that. It just, well, obviously it happened.
1: But, yeah. But, yeah, yeah.
0: But it's, it's, just, it's funny that as you're watching the movie that you see these things happen and you're like, wait, did that squirrel actually meet its end?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or
0: did it just do like most squirrels do and just run off and never mind that's not that kind of this is not that kind of podcast.
1: There's <laughs> some <laughs> fancy stop stop motion animation to get him out of the danger at the right second.
0: Yes, exactly. I don't know. But it had several different um several different villains which definitely made it in and of itself different because you had the Martin that kept messing with everything. Then you had yeah. the hawk that kept messing, with me. and I think the raccoon made two or three different appearances, and all yeah. of th- all of them were actually trying to either get Chippendale's nuts,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: or trying to get the family, so that way their line can continue on and not worry about what's going on with the with the squirrel. Yeah, and I mean we're talking right at the very beginning we had peril. I mean we I, I don't even think we were. 10 minutes into the movie and the mama decides to move all of the
1: babies except for the except for the name except for perry who didn't had to hide under the the cedar wood while Mm. the martin came and stuck his grubby head in
0: but i i definitely i kind of think this this would be one that i would actually watch again just because it's without saying it it shows the circle of life yeah and this was the Lion King before the Lion King was the Lion King. Yeah. Which people are saying was what Othello?
1: Was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
0: It was. It was some. It was some play on one of the Shakespearean. No, it wasn't Othello. It was.
1: Play that movie. I played that game a lot as a kid. Othello. <laughs> God. It was it Midsummer Night's Dream? I don't know. Oh, if you will hold for me, I can.
0: I can tell you which movie that was.
1: But I will say, I think that Perry got a hold of some magic mushrooms right before she went into hibernation. Because she had some wacky dreams.
0: Oh, yeah. That that was definitely out of the Fantasia realm. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they definitely took some artistic license there. Which was fun. They really mm-hmm. plus it. Disney fight it there.
0: hmm Okay. It was Hamlet. Hamlet. Starring Mel Gibson. And Glenn Close. The second movie that I ever went to see in the theaters.
1: So, yeah.
0: And, I mean, not a bad film, but no. Lion King the part was better.
1: His face was painted half blue and he said, This is Sparta! Wait,
0: I think you're getting that confused with Not Another Teen Movie. That's it, yes. Oh, my goodness. And we are going way off base. Off the rails. we got to get back on the rails, quick. Yes. So... Yeah, the weird dream sequence. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what the purpose of that was, other than just to fill time, because they knew that they had to have an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. But then, if that's the case, why don't they just throw in some pink elephants too?
1: <laughs> now, I, I think I looked away from the screen for a second. I got preoccupied, and when I looked back, it was the, the sequence where there were those uh, trees that were like the aspen trees that were twisted and all misshapen, and there was a snake curving around them was that Mm -hmm. part also a dream sequence or was that real that was i think that was still dream sequence. because that was quite a bit before the other one the other the second dream sequence where there was all white white owl would hoot and he would create his own prey that then he can go hunt for and the moon his eye turned into a moon just that was like alice in wonderland stuff yeah fantasia for sure
0: yeah, it was it was one it was a trippy drug sequence straight out of the that was actually <laughs> a little bit earlier than the sixties. Yeah, it was ahead of its time,
1: <sighs>
0: or was it behind its time? Since we've already said that Fantasia, which will be re- which will be getting its re-release as an old school Saturday,
1: nice.
0: probably around the time that this one actually airs. I mean, you said that Roy Disney did. Photography. Was he included in anything with
1: Fantasia? Or is that something? I don't remember seeing his name in the credits in Fantasia. I mean, I don't usually stare at the credits, but I just like to look and see if there are any Imagineers that mm-hmm. I whose names I recognize, just for fun. And I'm like, yeah. wait, wait, Edward Disney, wait And I had to go back. Wait, what was he credited as? Oh, a photographer. Weird. I mean, he was always the money guy, the the business end of the operation. Whereas Walt was a creative one. So to see him in a creative role was was refreshing, interesting.
0: I mean, but with, I know we saw Walt's name actually as something in one of the early Disney movies that didn't actually, that had a inappropriate scene thinking of back. It had Donald dressing up as the indigenous person. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I didn't even catch Roy in this one. Of course, I was... I was more concerned with trying to make sure that I understood the film
1: than who actually
0: (laughs) made it. And who knows, that that dream sequence may have been his photography.
1: Maybe. Now I'm wondering if the opening, the opening scene, the very opening scene where they had like a picturesque mountain with snow and you saw the sun rising and you could see the kind of the shadows fading away in the sun rising. I'm wondering if that was animated or not. I couldn't tell. If it was actually an actual video or if it was animation. Because if it was not animation and it was just regular video, then this would be the first real-life adventure that didn't start out, to my knowledge, with animation. Usually there's a paintbrush, painting yeah. the, the scenery, and then it cuts to real-life real photography. But it was, it almost looked like CGI to me. It didn't look like it was animation, but it also didn't look like it was real. And, of course, there was no CGI then, so I'm a little bit confused so maybe you can let us know and email us and let me know what you think is it real video of the the opening scene with the mountains and the snow or is an animation
0: or was and where it pulled, can they
1: email us at dan to let us know
0: they can email us at be kind rewind dmp at gmail.com once again that's be kind rewind dmp which stands for of course disney movie podcast at gmail.com
1: it does not stand for Diet Mountain Poo. That would be bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. I send us an email and let us know what you think. Was that an actual video or was it animation? Because yes. that's critical. Because every one of them has started with animation, as far as I know.
0: But then this might have been what made this one different from all the other ones, too.
1: Oh. That's why it wasn't released in the U.S. Nope. No opening animation. Ah, scrap it. Send it to China. <sighs> it's huge. Massive. <laughs> bigly.
0: Oh, it did I bigly didn't. in China.
1: <laughs> did. Not so much in U.S. Not so much.
0: Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, do we have anything further as
1: far as breaking down the movie itself? You said it com- it completed a full year, and then it was interesting how the fire, and I thought during the fire sequence it seemed like animals that normally would be predators or enemies of each other were, were banding together, you know, the whole dog sleeping with cats thing. You saw the the cat that was on, in the water and a, a rodent jumped up on his back and was riding the, road, the cat's back on the, the driftwood. I just thought, wow, All it's like, almost like all animals are going to put their differences aside for a moment during the, the catastrophe. But then as soon as it was safe again, right yeah. back to hunting. Right back to hunting mode, yeah. Kind of like Tom and Jerry yeah yeah which is now available in theaters and on hbo max thanks for that plug
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness all right well since we are since we keep running off the rails before this podcast completely get run into the canyon with dr emmett brown's (laughs) delorean from 1985 we'll go ahead and break this down further with The impact of today. I mean, as I said, this movie had a happily ever after without it actually being said that way. Yeah. So it was your Disney, I hate to say trope, but I mean, there wasn't really a Disney movie where you didn't have someone living with their man at the end of the movie. Yeah. And of course, we don't see this in any Disney parks. Because pine squirrels are only indigenous to a very small part of the world. <laughs> so, I mean, there really isn't any other impact with it, do you think?
1: No, yeah, not really. I mean, there are squirrels, obviously. There are other wildlife that you find around. There's lots of wildlife you find around Disney World property, at least. But that's not really anything related to this, yeah. necessarily. But it was interesting.
0: Um, is... This mirrored in culture? Not so much. You don't don't see the you don't see the wildlife photographers going around and capturing your everyday pine squirrel. No. As we have mentioned in the other real life adventures, they stick to things that are a little bit more interesting, such as baboons, monkeys, elephants, penguins.
1: More exotic. Unseen animals. Squirrels are just so common and skunks and things like this. Bunny rabbits. Not that exciting.
0: Which may have been why they decided to do this one. Because it shows your everyday critters that you see in, in the woods. If you decide to go out into the woods and not have your face glued to a TV or a electronic device. <laughs> Such as the yeah. one that you are listening to this podcast. Yeah. And if that's the case, go out and, and explore nature. Instead of, in- yes, enjoy nature for all of its bounteous wonders. <laughs> So, the last question is, how does this fit into today's society? I mean, it's the it's the circle of life. You see squirrels. You see baby squirrels. You see yeah. not so much skunks and Martin, but, I mean, you, you all you have to do is just step outside of your current race car driving as it is playing in the back of Icky's
1: house. you it hear that, like- Someone's drag racing down the road here. Like I was saying, even even on Walt Disney property, if you take if you walk five minutes away from the huge hotels and the the excitement of what is Walt Disney World, and go look around, there's nature right around you. You can go and see gators, you can see armadillos, you can see deer, you can see all the normal stuff—possums, squirrels, skunks. But armadillos are everywhere on Disney property. Just hmm. go for a walk somewhere in. Just take five minutes and go off the beaten path, or wherever you live. You know, there's wildlife out there. Go enjoy it.
0: And I guess that's our takeaway from all of the real-life adventures, as well as this particular movie, is you don't have to be stuck inside unless it's monsoon season where you live.
1: Yeah. And even then, just step outside for five minutes. Even during the height of the lockdown, most states, you're allowed to go outside and exercise, Mm -hmm. even if you're locked down completely and so that's what i did for a lot of the time when there was nothing else to do i would just go out for nature walks and just get out get some sunlight get some fresh air
0: Mm -hmm. and i mean once again that's i know that you're listening to this podcast so i'm kind of preaching the choir with this but go take a walk enjoy what's out there for the in nature and i've completely lost my train of thought.
1: Get some sun. Get some vitamin D. Go see yes. the squirrels.
0: Yeah, go see, go see the squirrels. Go enjoy what they have to show you. And who knows, you may be making a nature documentary for Walt Disney that will release next year on Disney+, Plus, and we'll talk about it in the year 2095.
1: Oh, yeah, when we're on our space pod on the way to Mars. <laughs> I don't want to go to Mars, man.
0: I don't <laughs> want to go to Mars.
1: Well, we won't make it. We'll just end up staying in the spaceship forever. Just go watch Wally. Oh my goodness, which we will be covering in 30 years
0: on the space pod
1: <laughs> on our way to Mars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um if y'all have stuck around this long, then you are true believers to Coast Stanley, and we would like to thank you for listening. As always, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast or whatever streaming service that you have. We are on most of them. I know we're on Pandora, uh Spotify, uh i want to say Sirius xm possibly mean one month to tell you
1: i listen on spotify so that's my favorite
0: yeah and i actually i listen on a very little known podcast that's a i don't even know what it's called that shows you how little little it is a very and, little
1: known podcast platform called itunes yes uh,
0: yeah, I heard of it,
1: but probably not
0: we are on itunes we're on spotify we're on alexa which I hope I didn't just activate activate someone's Alexa, and if I did, Alexa, please play, be kind, rewind.
1: Boom, <laughs> Playing Be kind, rewind.
0: Uh, yeah, we are also on uh, iHeartRadio, which was a big one that we just got, and Pandora. That's
1: nice.
0: And of course, you can also listen to this while looking at our beautiful faces on Icky
1: <laughs> YouTube.com slash Incognito Mouse.
0: So until next time, your next movie, unfortunately, is a sad one. It does not have a happily ever after. It is a movie that everyone should watch at least once in your life, and if you have, then please humor us and watch it again. It is Old Yeller.
1: Oh, uh, best dog on dog in the west. Yes.
0: All right. So there's your homework. Enjoy it as much as you can with that kind of a movie. So. I will go ahead and
1: as Icky is shaking his head. <laughs> Old movies ahead. That I just usually won't watch. Up is one of them and Old Yeller. I still have yet seen, and I, I probably it will
0: not watch it until it is time to cover it.
1: Right. I refuse to watch it. I watch movies to be entertained, not to cry a river. But I have to watch Old Yeller again. And I will. And you should too.
0: So until we meet again on that fateful streaming service, this is us reminding you to stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for those Martins. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. DMP stands for Disney Movie Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.
1: This is the private hunting ground of the swift and cunning weasel. Perry has a small advantage in the tree. The weasel isn't quite as nimble as a martin and Perry might elude her enemy. But now she takes a one-way path and puts herself in double jeopardy. Hawks Talons find the weasel Perry's free